0: Claudine Hemingway is a descendant of famed writer Ernest Hemingway. We bumped into each other at a party and decided to team up and dive deep into French history, but with a twist, by bringing a spotlight to those lesser-known creatives in France. This is History with a Hemingway. Welcome back to Paris History Advocate Hemingway, and today we're talking about the area around the Musée d'Orsay, and I'll let Claudine take it from here.
1: Yeah, well we you know after my beloved Louvre I do love the Orsay. So but there's some really great stuff we're not going to even talk about inside of it. This it's all around the area, and there's some really great stuff. So, when you do come to Paris, um, I always recommend people to do one big thing in the morning and maybe one schedule one thing in the afternoon. But give yourself that time um, to walk around the area. Like, if you're walking to these places, of course, it's the best because the best way to see Paris is on foot. But give yourself, like, I always give myself like 45 minutes to an hour to get places, especially if it's in an area that I haven't really spent a lot of time in because I stop so many times to make notes and take photos that I'm always like, running behind. But make sure, <laughs> like if you staying in Paris and you're going to the Orsay, walk just walk around the area and just do it so that you could take your time and just look around because there's some really great stuff. And some of the stuff we're going to tell you, could take this podcast with you. But some of it is like just stop and if you notice the plaques on the wall, um stop and read them and maybe take a picture and make a note and and then when you get back, look up and see what the who that person was. I mean that's what I do. Um and that's my favorite thing to do in Paris is just hit the streets and, and look around. And And so this one, yeah, and it's free, it's free. And you can see all sorts, like sometimes like I, you know, there's streets that I walk down two, three times a day that are right outside my apartment. And every once in a while, I'm like, when was that there? Has that plaque always been there? Like you still notice things that you don't, you know, you could walk the same streets all the time and you still all of a sudden notice something that's always been there. You just didn't, you know, you didn't see it before. So that's always fun because it's Paris is just kind of, you know, it's never ending and for me, that's a historian that loves to uncover all these, you know, I'm still spending every moment of my day doing this. I still am only at like probably the very top of the iceberg. <laughs> There's a lot to cover. still a lot underwater. There's a lot underwater, but we're going to start right there on the Seine and we're going to stop there at the bridge. This is actually called the Passerelle, which technically the Pont Arts is as well. But for some reason, they call that the Pont d'Azur. Pont is bridge. Passerelle is basically footbridge. So it's no cars go on this. This is the Leopold Sedar-Senghor. He was it was named after the Senegalese poet and politician. On October 9th, 2006, on what would have been his 100th birthday, he was a former member of the French Academy and a promoter of all things French that he loved so much. And he, designed, he died on December 20th, 2001. Uh, but this bridge is really, really cool. Um, the first bridge began in 1861 under Napoleon the Third when the uh, Pont Renault was built for cars, um, but not now is just only for people a hundred years later in 1961, it was replaced with a metal frame bridge covered with wood from Africa. The bridge that connects the lower level of the sand to the upper K has won numerous design awards. And it's really, really cool because if you're down below the sand, and again, another great thing to do, especially on a lovely evening um, when the sun is setting or any time of the day is actually walk on that lower part above the sand. Um Do kept, be careful, keep an eye down because some of those cobblestones and the tree roots, it's really, it's not a flat surface. So you definitely want to keep an eye on when you're walking. So look up at the water and the sun for a minute, then look back down.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> but it's because there's parts of it that are literally treacherous. Like it, they're scary to walk on, like sober. Like if you're sitting down there drinking rosé in the sunshine, be even more careful. Oh, but man. this, it, it's really cool because this bridge it meets the bottom, um, the lower level, just above the sand. And then it's also street side. So it's up there at the very top um, of the K on either side. So if you start from the bottom and you walk up the way that they designed it is like, it looks like steps, but as it goes up, it gets the rise, um, between the steps gets shorter and shorter and shorter till it basically turns flat and then you're on the bridge. So it's, it's really, really cool. I love to take people on that. It's really cool. Um, it used to be kind of the last remaining bridge that was covered with those horrible locks, but now they've changed that out. They've taken all those and they're putting in, um, the glass, plexiglass um, along it. So people just like they did on the des are. So s- there's still some spots that they still have where people are hanging locks, but it's just a really great bridge. It's kind of, it leads right into the Tuileries. So on one side, on the left, on the right bank, you go right to the Tuileries and the left bank, um, you go straight into where the Orsay is.
0: Which is why this area is so perfect. Cause you can pop into the Orsay as you explore.
1: It is in the bridges. Like again, just a couple of weeks ago, we said this, I need to do an all about the bridges because the history of the bridges and when they were created and who they're named after. And, um, why they were placed where they were at the time, it's all really, there's, it's really interesting and really cool. And I love just looking into like, why is this named after who and who is this person? Uh, but, you know, it's really great once you really learn all the bridges and, you know, especially spending time there, or living there, you know, you have, I have my bridge that I walk across every single day and, you know, that's my favorite bridge too. But, you know, once you kind of realize you're like, oh wait, I could go jet down this street and then it crossed over here, walk through the Tuileries and then I'm there. So they're, they're very, very handy. And there's 37 of them that go through the city. So um, And they're all different. What's great about them is every one of them is different.
0: Yeah, I love the bridges. They're so beautiful.
1: They're really beautiful. Um, but at the end, on the left bank, so we're going to head over to my beloved uh, Reeve Gauche, stands a statue of an American, and that is Thomas Jefferson. And this was done by uh, Jean Cardot. He did. This statue of Thomas Jefferson. He was, of course, the former ambassador of France. He loved Paris. Um, he was inspired um, by Paris to, to build two of his future homes. In his hand, when you look at him, he is holding a piece of paper. And on that is a drawing of the building to, that he's looking right towards, the building that's right next to the Musée d'Orsay. And it is the Hotel de Siam. Um, and this is what he Designed Monticello from so if you've been to Monticello which I did when I was like you know when everybody went on their eighth grade class um, and I was the kid that was like completely enamored by all the history and thought it was the coolest thing and everybody else was like when are we going back to the hotel to the pool <laughs> <laughs> but I still remember that and I so now the first time I learned that that was you know that building aspired to hit, and Thomas Jefferson's piece of paper. It just all put it together, and it's really cool. And you, I'll put a picture of Monticello next to you, the Hotel de Siam on my website, and you could definitely see where how similar they really are, which is really cool because he loved Paris. He loved coming there. When they brought him back to come back to the um, to to America, he was really sad to even
0: have to leave Paris. Yeah, they trained like all the diplomats in Paris, didn't they, to give them culture.
1: Yeah. And like, you know, at that time they were really looking at France for support too, because, you know, without, you know, there's a lot of people now that, you know, that, that go over there and say, well, you know, why don't they like us Americans? And without America, France wouldn't even be here. It's like, well, actually without France, America wouldn't be here because France is the one who really helped fund everything for, you know, and the American revolution, inspired the French revolution. And basically because of that support to America to get out of England control, basically is what brought down france and why the revolution happened because they were sending all this money to america instead of keeping that money in france
0: yeah i think a lot of americans don't know that
1: <laughs> no they don't but you know that's also you know i mean i went i was in school quite a long time ago and i don't i mean i'm sure we talked about that but i doubt i mean i'm sure they talked about that even less in in the history classes for kids now
0: yeah unless you're a francophile you don't really know that stuff yeah,
1: but it is kind of like, I always, I always quickly remind people of that when they make those little comments about, you know, without without America and World War II, France wouldn't be there. It's like, well, actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's also called that, you know, France and America are like the, you know, the oldest allies because they really are. They go. It goes back a very, very long time. So when the whole Freedom Fry incident happened, that was, you know, that was beyond ridiculous, considering that fries are Belgium, not from France. <laughs> <it's all> funny. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so when you walk across here, you head straight down the Rue uh, de Salafrino, um, and it walks around the edge of the Hotel de Siam, which was built in 1781 for Frederick III of Siam-Craibourg. It was designed by Pierre Rousseau that would later live there for a period of time. Um, when the owner sealed his fate during the revolution and his life ended by the guillotine. But in May 1804, it was purchased by the state of the chancellor's office, and it became the future home of the Legion um, of Honor, the Legion d'Honneur, which was created under Napoleon Bonaparte. In 1871, just like the neighbor, its neighbor, the Palais d'Orsay, it was partially destroyed by the commune fire, but much of it was able to be saved, and the inner courtyard side, with its tall columns, was also inspired the American White House. No way! Yeah. So it, today is the Musée de Légion d'Honneur. It is a free to visit. It um, it does have super weird hours. It's open Wednesday to Sundays from one p.m. to six p.m. And I went there. I think my second visit to Paris. I went there, and I had been trying to go back since. And but usually because I'm a member of the Orsay. And as a member, you get to go in before it opens to the public. And so I'm always at the Orsay early in the morning. And so a lot of times I go in there and I'm doing my research or whatever I'm doing. And I get out, you know, I go in there at 9 a.m. before it's open to the public. I have a good hour and a half, two hours, basically kind of quiet into myself before the throngs of people come. And then I leave to go whatever else I'm doing. So I'm never really there in the afternoon. Um, so it took me a long time to get back there. I did go back there, uh, during the Patreon weekend, that, that third weekend in September, that's my favorite. Um, and it was really cool because that's when they open things up to the public that you normally can only see this one weekend a year. And so I actually got to go into the offices in that area and I'll post some of those photos, um, on my website too. It was beautiful rooms. It's small Um, but very beautiful and the museum itself is really interesting Um, the legion of honor is the highest honor they could give to civilians and sometimes they give these to even like american civilians and other people obviously french civilians like we've talked about rosa bonheur a lot of these people that have been given this award but they the way that the museum is very small and again like i said it's free you to visit and they have like really cool like these 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 medals they give are like jewelry. I mean, they're gorgeous. They're enameled and, and diamonds. They have huge portraits of some of the people that have been given these awards. They have huge things dedicated to Napoleon because he's the one created. It's a really, really cool museum. And it's not, again, like I said, it's small, so it's not going to be a huge, you know, suck up all your time, go to the Orsay. Um, and then after the Orsay, go to lunch and then, and then pop back in there. Cause you know,
0: it's free and why not? Exactly. You should definitely stop in. It has to be visited at some point on your trip, whether it's the third or fourth trip. Yeah, and it's
1: really cool. I mean, and if you are coming in, you know, everybody plan on coming in September, that third weekend, because you do get to go into places that that's the only time you get to go. There's always lines. Like I tried to go here in 2021 um, and I couldn't get in there. It was like, they, they ended up, I was going to go Sunday morning and then they decided not to open it that Sunday morning. And so this year I got there and I got there about half an hour before it opened. Some of these places you have to get there early and stand in line before it opens. Uh, But it was beautiful. Like the rooms they had were really cool. And all these paintings dedicated to the history of the building and the, you know, the people that have uh, been given this award, Really, really cool. So, if you are a huge history nerd like me, um, and architecture, that is the time to go to Paris. It's that third weekend of
0: September? Well, now everyone's going to come at the same time, Claudine. I know. Well, yeah,
1: it was. You know, it's really cool? It's my favorite thing is that the people that go through this, everybody in line is French. So it's <laughs> all like, and it's French of all ages. Like it's older people and younger people, and I just love it so much that they are, you know, they live there, but they still want to see those places and know their history. I just love, I mean, this isn't something tourists do, like tourists don't usually know to do this. The first time I was in Paris was, it was over that period. And I had, I didn't know what this was. I just saw these signs and I didn't know what it was about. Um, And so, you know, it's really for the French people that really do this. And so it's really cool. You don't see a lot of tourists that are in there, but um, you know, it is a definitely, if you're interested in these things, it's definitely the time to go.
0: Yeah, definitely, guys. Don't miss out on this area, on this museum. And make sure you tune in to Claudine's website, ClaudineHemingway.com, to get more information. Book her for a private tour. And also tune in next week because we have something special for you. We're going to do more of a crime, a true crime episode on French history. So that will be really fascinating. And make sure you tune in. And happy holidays. Thanks for listening today, guys. If you're interested in learning more about Claudine, her tours, history, and the beautiful photographs that she posts all over Instagram, tune into her website, ClaudineHemingway.com.